All right, um, thanks for coming to reInvent and thanks for coming out to listen to this session today. Um, we'll do a quick round of introductions and then get started with the presentation. Uh, I'm Vibhav uh, Vishwanathan. I'm a senior product manager with Amazon EC2, the Elastic Cloud Compute team. Um, thanks, Vibhav. I'm Gadi Hoot. I'm running business development and product marketing for Anapuna Labs. Hi, I'm Adam. I'm a software developer in Alexa Text to Speed team. Yeah, um, Adam's here uh, to share customer story of uh, Alexa running um, on uh, EC2 in Pwn instances uh, and his uh, their experience uh, as a customer. We'll get to that <coughs> the agenda and so on shortly. Uh, so uh, we'll start off with an overview of machine learning at AWS, um, and then uh, Gadi will uh, give uh, an overview of AWS in Frencia, the software and hardware parts. Uh, I'll take the mic back to talk about the EC2 Infon instances, and then the customer story, uh, um, Adam will take over. And then we'll end with a Q&A. I'll answer the easy questions. They're here to answer the harder ones. All right. Okay, so your customers across a diverse set of industries uh, from you know, retail to real estate are using machine learning to define new categories and experiences. Uh, most of this machine learning today is done on uh, AWS. Uh, we have tens and thousands of customers um, with twice as many uh, references or customers uh, than any other cloud provider. It's a broad and fast-growing group. Uh, you can see the customers here including Airbnb, Slack, Pinterest, uh, Convoy, uh, and so on. All the amazing quality of the Tinder matches that you might have got. Uh, it's thanks to the machine learning that's been running on AWS. All right, uh, this is an important slide. Uh, you know, as machine learning applications are growing in sophistication and becoming more expensive to run in production, um, there is, uh, there's been a lot of focus on uh, the, the training aspect or the cost to train. Um, but customers have told us that majority of where uh, they see uh, infrastructure cost for machine learning comes actually from inference. Uh, so as an example, at Amazon, about 90% of the machine learning infrastructure cost uh, comes from machine learning uh, inference. Uh, so if you take Alexa as an example, you know, the, the model is trained maybe once or twice a week, but there are so many calls that, uh, that we make, uh, you know, every query or every question you ask Alexa, she has to run an inference to get you the answer. So, um, you know, we took this feedback um, uh, and we wanted to build something that is high performance, low cost. So we built a product from the ground up uh, that tackles the high cost of uh, deploying machine learning inference in production. Uh, we built our own chip, uh, which is AWS Inferentia. With that, I'll hand over to uh, Gadi. Thank you. Okay, so let's uh, dive right into it, talk about AWS Inferentia. Let's start with the chip itself. Uh, when we started thinking about designing this chip, we wanted it to be high throughput, uh, low power, and low latency, and uh, easy to use. That was a key metric for us uh, to make sure customers can actually use the, the dedicated hardware. It was, allowed, it was designed to allow customers for maximum throughput while maintaining real-time latency. Each inferential device hosts four neuron cores. In each neuron core, we implement in hardware a high-performance systolic array matrix multiply engine, which happens to be really uh, efficient in processing deep neural networks. 
Each neural core also has a two-stage two memory hierarchy, uh, an on -chip a large on-chip cache, and commodity DRAM attached to each of the chips. It's built for maximum customer flexibility and, and allows for multiple data types to be processed, int 8, floating point 16, bfloat 16, and also there are ways to process uh, floating point 32, we'll talk about that later. Uh, and it can be used from all popular machine learning networks, including PyTorch, TensorFlow, and MXNet. Another important aspect of the chip is a fast uh, interconnect that are, is implemented. All the chips in an instance, in an instance, if the instance has more than one chip, are interconnected to each other, and this is key to some functionality uh, that we'll discuss soon. Um, as I said, it's natively integrated to the to the frameworks, and most, if not all, customers will not have to change their models, and will not have to. Uh, they will have to change only a few lines of code on the framework level to get started to get started with Inferentia. So ideally, you train your model on a on a, a P3 or a P3 DN in EC2. You bring the the trained models to uh, Inferentia, ch change a few lines of code in the framework, and you're starting to use Inferentia. Many of our customers also challenged us to push latency down as much as possible. This is extremely important for applications that are user-facing and interactive in nature, where uh, end users expect results fast. And those applications typically are bounded by the maximum latency that they can tolerate. Uh, the problem is that as machine learning gets more sophisticated, the models grow in, in size. And it become, you spend a lot of time in moving models uh, in and out of memory. So that adds to the overall uh, application latency and makes the compute problem larger. So Inferentia has a unique capability to deal with that situation, and we can take a model, shard it to multiple chips, put all the, all the model inside the on-chip cache, and then stream the data in a pipeline fashion through those chips using the fastest interconnect. What this does is it cuts the latency uh, for example, for BERT, it cuts the latency for up to two-thirds compared to not using that mode. And, <clears throat> and you also keep the same throughput. So that's really important for real-time applications that require fast response. So that's on the hardware. But hard dedicated hardware is you need something to in interface to that hardware and make sure it's easy to use. And I'm happy to announce uh, and introduce to you to AWS Neuron. AWS Neuron is the SDK enabling high performance inference on Inferentia. It's designed from the ground up to allow for maximum flexibility, optimizing uh, high to, for highest throughput and, lo and low latency in a variety of use cases. It comes pre-integrated with the popular frameworks I already mentioned and supports commonly used machine learning uh, models such as ResNet for image recognition and BERT for natural language understanding. And you can start using it immediately uh, using the uh, AWS uh, DL AMI and with DL containers, ECS, EKS, and SageMaker support coming soon. Let's talk a bit about the components of, um, of Neuron. We have three main components. The first one is the compiler, where you take a mo your trained model and compile it for the hardware. Second one is the runtime component that uh, you use in order to push models down to the chips and uh, get the inference running. And of course, uh, we also need to have some profiling tools to help you tune your models if you, if you feel like your application needs to be uh, tuned to certain parameters. With, um, 
with Neuron, you can develop, deploy, and run the high-performance uh, inference application using state-of-the-art neural networks at scale. With existing models running in one of the supported frameworks, as I said, in most cases, you will not have to change only a few lines of code. And you can integrate AWS Neuron to an existing framework that you're already using. Or if you have a customer environment, you can use a PeepWheel install, standard PeepWheel install to take Neuron to your own environment, your own AMI. Uh, you can even work without a framework at all, if that makes sense to your application. So it's very flexible in how developers can integrate that into their application. Now let's talk a bit about a few of the highlights of Neuron. Um, the first one uh, for ease of use is smart partitioning. Smart partitioning helps, helps you to optimize the neural net compute com components and using a head the head of time compiler. And it's able to partition the neural network um, optimally and intelligently and recommend you the optimal instance size uh, to use for your specific model. The compiler also, when compile, compilation finishes, the compiler also gives you predictions on what will be the latency of your model running on Inferentia, on those, on that, on those instance sizes, and what is the expected throughput. So it helps you, even before running on Inferentia, tune uh, your model and see if you're in the right, the right direction. Second capability, uh, we heard from many developers that uh, we call um, FP32 autocasting. We heard from many developers that uh, although training for floating point, 32-bit uh, floating point is time-consuming, the advantage is that it gives the best accuracy. But it's really hard to move a 32-bit model to a 16-bit environment for, to, gain, to, to enjoy the performance benefits. So Neuron and Inferentia are the first accelerators in AWS that can take a 32-bit trained model and automatically convert it to 16-bit either, either B-float or uh, FP16. So as a user, you don't, you don't really need to do anything. You just tell the compile, give the compiler a 32-bit model, and it's automatically converted to 16-bit. The third capability is Neuron Core Pipeline. So Neuron, if you remember the slide I talked about, the pipeline manner. So you can tell Neuron, this is the model I want to work. I want to work in a Neuron Core Pipeline mode. And the compiler will take your model, split it between the chips on the instance, and run uh, and expose itself to the runtime as one large neuron device. And the, for the, to the framework, this is completely transparent. The framework sees one device, one neuron device, uh, while in hardware we pipeline all the inferences to gain the latency benefits. Last component, uh, a unique capability of neuron is neuron core groups. If you remember, each chip has four neuron cores. If you run large instance sizes, you can get up to 64 neuron cores. And uh, as you hear from Alexa later, there are ways to uh, take those cores and allocate them for specific models. So you can run concurrently different models. Uh, you can do that uh, in batch or real time. Um, and by that, optimize the utilization of your hardware as much as possible. This is especially good for applications that require different neural nets, for example, um, decoding and encoding uh, text-to-speech, which you'll hear about from Alexa. The second component of neural is the runtime. Runtime can run as a container environment or can run natively. Uh, it's a user space application that provides developers with the flexibility to deploy 
the inference application and optimize for high throughput. It takes the compiled model, uh, loads, the, loads that to the inferential chips with standard in, the, sta the same standard interfaces you will load the model in a framework today. Uh, the, con the container version is available, available over the ECR repositories and can be used directly. Or you can install Neuron, like I said before, with pip install Neuron Runtime uh, into your own environment. Our GitHub uh, contains examples that of how to deploy uh, and more deployment options coming soon, as I said before, with ECS, EKS, EKS and SageMaker. The last Neuron component is the profiling tools. Profiling tools include utilities to help you increase visibility into actual inference and fine-tune uh, fine your model and your execution pipeline. It includes a Neuron TensorBoard plugin that provides useful information related to the Neuron devices, such as, such as compatibility and profiling information. It also preserves the TensorBoard's debugger uh, plugin, which may be useful in finding numerical mismatches. So that's the quick tour of Neuron. Neuron, together with Inferentia, can help you um, accelerate your uh, mo model processing. Let's, I'll pass it back to Viva. We'll show you actual examples and how we deploy that into instances. Thanks, Gary. All right, so let's come back to Amazon EC2 and Fawn instances. Right. Um, so I'm excited to announce this. Uh, we announced this uh, yesterday in Andy's uh, Jassy's keynote. Uh, Infone instances are optimized uh, to run ML inference workloads, uh, and they serve a variety of use cases. Right? So you can run high-scale ML inference workloads uh, for object detection, NLP, personalization, speech recognition, image processing, fraud detection, and so on, to name uh, a few. Uh, but it spans, obviously, a wider range of use cases uh, for ML inference. Um, our internal uh, Alexa team, uh, their uh, TTS or text-to-speech team, um, uh, their use case uh, uh, to run inference uh, uh, on, in, on uh, in one instances is their text-to-speech uh, service. Adam will talk more about that towards the later half of the presentation. Uh, so this, uh, you know, as, as Gadi uh, spoke about, like it's got multiple different parts and they've been built from the ground up uh, by AWS. So, it, you know, on the left side of the slide, you see the uh, AWS Inferentia and the Neuron uh, stack that uh, Gadi spoke about. Uh, it's built on the AWS Nitro system with our custom um, uh, Intel uh, processors. Now this together gives you a high performance uh, at a low cost. Now there are a few deployment options uh, within Amazon EC2 um, and I'll just run through how you should think about uh, choosing uh, amongst the, the portfolio of instances for ML inference. So on the left, uh, you have EC2 Info instances, right? Uh, these are powered by AWS Inferentia and Neuron. Uh, applications that leverage common, common ML frameworks such as TensorFlow, MXNet, and PyTorch, we recommend that you use Info instances. Today, they are best uh, price to performance for ML inferencing in the cloud. Uh, they're up to about 40% lower price per inference compared to our G4 instances. Our G4 instances, prior to the announcement of INF1 instances, were, were provided the, uh, uh, the best uh, cost per inference uh, in the cloud. Uh, we recommend uh, 
using G4 instances if your applications are heavily dependent on any of the NVIDIA libraries, such as CUDA or CUDNN libraries. Um, they uh, are, uh, are based on NVIDIA's T4 GPUs. And on the right, you see EC2 C5 instances. Uh, these are powered by uh, our Intel Skylake and Cascade Lake processors, which has got the DL Boost uh, instruction set. Uh, we recommend that you use uh, the C5 or the CPU instances if you have your applications have low sensitivity to inference performance. Now, these, uh, this slide gives you the specifications of the uh, Inf1 instances, right? So that it comes in four different sizes from X large to 24 X large. Uh, they have one is to two vCPU to memory ratio, uh, right from four vCPUs to 96 vCPUs. The XL and 2XL are single chip variants of the inferential chip, whereas the 6XL and 24XL have four and 16, respectively. Uh, they will also, uh, you can enable the neuron core pipeline mode in those. Um, they will be soon uh, available to use with some of our managed services, such as SageMaker, ECS, and EKS. So we ran some, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, yes, it will include batch as well. All right, so the, the metrics that obviously that matter the most for ML inference is throughput and latency, uh, some of which uh, Gadi spoke about. Uh, so we ran the BERT-based model, and we are excited to show you some of our internal benchmark numbers that we ran. This was an end-to-end -end performance test. Uh, we chose the largest INF1 instance size and compared it to the largest G4 instance size. Um, and as you can see on the slide, uh, INF1 instances offer up to 3x higher throughput and up to 40% lower cost per inference compared to EC2 G4 instances. Uh, from the table, you can see that the throughput on INF1 was 19,200 sequences per second, uh, while for G4 it was 5,800-ish uh, sequences per second. Today, uh, INF1 will give you the highest price to performance in the cloud for uh, ML inference. Uh, so just uh, coming back to availability, uh, they're available in US East 1 and US West 2 today, uh, that's our North Virginia and Oregon uh, regions. Uh, the more, uh, more regions are being added soon, we'll have a, a broader global um, rollout next year, so you'll be able to access across the uh, you know, world uh, pretty shortly. They're available in the standard EC2 purchase options, such as uh, on-demand, reserved instances, and spot. Uh, we are also enabling it as part of savings plan, which is something that we recently announced uh, as a price offering. Uh, the one-year and three-year RIs, for those who are not familiar, uh, it's a one-year and three-year um, uh, you know, capacity reservation that you could make on the instance. Uh, with that, you get a 40% and 60% discount uh, off of the on-demand price. The smallest uh, size Excel starts at $0.368 per hour. Question. GovCloud would be uh, early 2020. Um, yeah, that's the. Yeah. That would that would happen as part of the broader global rollout. All right. With that, uh, Adam, I'll pass the mic to Adam to talk about Thank Alexa. You,
Okay, so let me share with you the customer story, how newly released Inferentia helped Alexa text-to-speech to reduce uh, their cost of fleet. Um, Guys, happened? something happened here? I think I pressed the wrong button. You pressed the wrong button? Okay. Okay, so we're restarting now. <laughs> okay. Good to go. Thank you. <clears throat> so before, in, before going into the, de the details uh, of uh, how we uh, managed to cut our costs, let me start with briefly introducing where Alexa Text to Speech sits within Alexa stack. So Alexa, as a comp complex dialogue system, consists of multiple uh, components, many of which employ machine learning models. So let me start with uh, going across the major components, uh, walking along with the customer request. So once the customer starts speaking to the device, the first thing that happens is uh, the wakeboard recognition, which spots the Alexa, Alexa word, and from that point on, it starts recording the speech of the customer and streaming it to the Alexa cloud service. Uh, from that point on, uh, the rest of the processing of the customer query happens within the cloud, not on the device. So Alexa cloud service is the orchestrator of the processing pr of, of, of the processing. Uh, the first thing that needs to happen, we need to recognize what was being said by the customer. Uh, for that to happen, we, uh, Alexa cloud service is sending uh, the audio stream to the, to the automatic speech recognition system. Uh, this system, the service uh, is handling recognizing what, are the what is the sequence of words uh, that was spoken by, by the customer. This is being sent back to the Alexa cloud service, and the next task that we need to, uh, we need to do is to understand what, what is the customer intent behind these words. Uh, this is done by the natural understanding uh, component, uh, which receives the sequence of words, and it needs to recognize what is the intent plus what are the attributes of this intent. This means that we need to learn whether the customer requested to, to play a song or to learn about uh, whether in uh, some location, plus we need to learn what is the song he wants to play or what is, what is the location uh, he's interested uh, uh, about. Once this is done, uh, we, uh, Alexa Cloud Service, searches for the right Alexa skill within the uh, Alexa ecosystem that is able to handle that, that request. Uh, the intent data is sent to the skill, and the skill has the uh, implementation of the logic that hand handles the request. Uh, once this is done, the skill might send the play, the play directive to the, to the Alexa cloud service, which means that, uh, that some uh, spoken response is expected to be played back on, on, the, on the Alexa device. 
synthesis of the text within the pl uh, play directive is handled by text-to-speech service, uh, which receives the text and generates the uh, spoken form as the audio stream, which is being sent back to the device. So uh, from that point on, let's try to dive deep how the Alexa text-to-speech uh, system works. Uh, so it contains two major machine learning components. The first is named as uh, context generation, and the second is speech production, also named as a neural vocoder. Uh, so context generation is receiving the input, uh, the textual input in the form of the ling linguistic representation. That means that what we receive to the first model is a sequence of sounds uh, that are expected to be pronounced. It converts the sequence into intermediate acoustic representation that is formed as, uh, as uh, about 80 vectors per each second of speech that is going to be generated. Uh, context generation is uh, handling uh, sequence to sequence as both sequences have different uh, and variable lengths. Uh, we use encoder-decoder model for, for this purpose, and uh, the output is presenting properties of the audio that will be generated, uh, including what are the words that be, will be spoken, uh, what is the style, what, 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 are, what, are, what are the properties of the, all the properties of the audio. Um, the second model, which is speech production, converts this representation into the actual uh, speech signal. Uh, because we are required to deliver hi-fi quality of the speech signal, uh, it is being represented as, as the, uh, in, in high resolution. That means that uh, we need to generate 24,000 outputs per each second of, of speech. Uh, so, knowing now what are the main components, let, let's talk about what are the challenges uh, to accomplish the task of speed generation. So, let me start with uh, telling a few words about the requirements uh, for our system. So, as we are part of the Alexa dialogue system, we have pretty strict uh, requirements re related to the latency. Uh, Dialogue, uh, compute, compute, human-computer interaction requires uh, not exceeding certain, certain, certain limits, uh, as otherwise uh, this would be uh, perceived as by the user as unnatural. Uh, as Alexa, Alexa text-to-speech is only part of the dialogue system, uh, our requirement is in the range of tens of milliseconds. To meet these requirements, we are not processing the request end-to-end -end before sending the, the, the response, but rather than that, we process it in, the, in small chunks. Once the, once the first chunk is ready, we are sending this back to the, uh, to the customer, and at the time uh, this chunk is being played back on the device, we are processing the next chunk, and so forth. Uh, there is a catch in this process, uh, because the stream, the audio stream being played cannot underrun the buffer. 
otherwise we will have a strong artifact audible to the customer. This means that, uh, that the processing of the, of the of generation of the audio on, in the system needs to be much faster compared to the play, playback rate, including the, all the network latencies and, and so on. Uh, we have a requirement that it needs to be at least five, time fa five times faster. Now, going back to the two major components that I was presenting on, on the previous slide, uh, we have two models that have uh, significantly different nature. Context generation is a sequence-to-sequence -sequence model with autoregressive loop. Uh, this type uh, of network has pretty uh, high demand on the memory bandwidth, and uh, it doesn't necessarily have high demand on the compute power uh, because the output rate is only 80 outputs per, per second. On contrary, the second model of uh, speed generation uh, is operating on very high uh, temporal density uh, and because of the complex uh, nature of human speech that is, it is expected to, uh, to reconstruct, it requires a very complex architecture of the network. This results, results uh, that we require around 90 billion floating, operation, floating point operations uh, to generate each second of speech. Uh, as, 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 as the result, uh, the whole problem of, uh, of speech production becomes compute bound. In past, to, to solve the problem of text-to-speech, uh, what we ended up is the, uh, is the service architecture that is running on uh, GPU instances, uh, uh, namely P3 and G4s. Uh, we use uh, two types of instances. P3s are delivering higher uh, throughput and lower latency. However, G4s are cheaper. Still, the cost of maintaining the, the, the fleet is very high, and uh, because of the high number of Alexa customers, and we are looking around for cheaper options, and this brings us to, uh, to the new released Inferentia. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what was the effort to migrate Alexa text-to-speech to Inferentia. Alexa text-to-speech is an application implemented in C++ uh, that, uh, that uses MXNet linked uh, through CPredict API to, to, to execute machine learning workloads. Both CPredict API and MXNet are natively supported by AWS Neuron, uh, and as an, as an effect, uh, to build the first proof of concept, we were required just to compile our models and make limited number of changes within the code to, to integrate against, against them and run them on uh, inf1. <clears throat> uh, however, to get best, best of, uh, of, of the new platform, uh, we needed to invest more and experiment with different uh, architectures and uh, solutions. Uh, here comes handy Python API supported by, uh, by Neuron, 
because one can easily experiment with different uh, configuration options and uh, in Python before re-implementing them in C++. One of the major risks uh, when integrating with uh, against Inferentia was the question whether we are able to uh, to deliver the same quality as on GPU. Uh, the ma major uh, vector of this risk was the fact that uh, we were using FP32 uh, weights, uh, while Inferentia is only supporting 16-bit uh, uh, resolution. Uh, the good thing was that uh, we had the option to try out uh, two different formats, bfloat16 and fp16, and choose the best quality delivered by both of them. On this slide, I would like to present what is the architecture that, that, we, uh, that, that we found as the most optimal at this point. Each text-to-speech process that is running is connected to two inferentia chips. The first chip is dedicated to executing Kotex generation, and the second is uh, dedicated to, to, to speech production process. Uh, the first, the first inferentia uh, is running in the neuron core pipeline mode because, as you remember, context generation problem is memory bound. Uh, therefore, uh, we use the pipeline mode uh, so that all the weights fit into the neuron core caches and we avoid uh, memory bottlenecks. The second inferentia is working in a neuron core group where, uh, it, where we run four parallel uh, vocoder processes, each attached to one of the neuron cores. This delivers the highest possible throughput on this inferential chip. At the end, we are concatenating the resulting uh, audio streams. Uh, to avoid the situation that one of the inferentia is staying idle, we pipeline the process of context generation and vocoding. Uh, after finishing the first context generation chunk, we are starting the vocoding, and at the same time, in parallel, we are generating the, the, the audio uh, context for the second chunk. Uh, this way, uh, the only time when one of the inferentia, inferentia stays idle is in the beginning or at the end of the, of, of the sentence. So now let me present what are the results and gains that we managed to achieve. So we did a number of tests uh, to validate uh, how the new, new platform compares to the uh, existing baselines. As the baseline, I'm, I'm comparing against uh, two GPU platforms, namely P3 and G4. So the first, th the, the first test we, that we did uh, was based on the Alexa generic traffic, which consists of mostly short sentences. So what we can see here uh, is uh, the fact that Inferentia is delivering the, the lowest possible cost among the three platforms tested. Uh, in detail, we are about 45% lower cost compared to P3 and about 
20% lower compared to G4. At the same time, uh, the latency is al almost as in match with P3, uh, which is not the case for, for G4, which produces higher latency. Yes. The cost here is basically instance cost uh, because it's no. all inside yeah. Amazon. So. Yeah. So uh, the cost here is measured. What is the cost of generating one hour of output speech? Okay. Major, so, but measured as uh, time uh, to run it on the. Yeah. So each. So what we are measuring uh, is how much time of the instance I need to spend to generate one hour of output speech okay. and then take into account that each instance have different pricing. And the, at the end, I get how many dollars I need to, 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 to spend to generate one hour of speech. Thank you for the question. Yeah, we, uh, AWS and Alexa are two different entities. We okay. will charge them. So, so, yeah. so it's the same public pricing? Yeah. Okay, so let's go to the second, uh, second test that we did. So as I was mentioning uh, when, when I discussed the architecture, um, the process is uh, somehow inefficient in the beginning and end of, the, of, of the each synthesis because one of the inferential stays idle. Uh, this portion of time, is proportionally less to the whole time of the processing when the, set, when the request that we, we are processing is longer. Uh, part of the Alexa domains are uh, generating, uh, are containing texts that are long form, uh, such as books, uh, news articles, and so on. For this, uh, we expect to achieve better cost e efficiency on inferentia. And uh, we did a test to confirm that, and the result of this test is presented within this slide. So what we can see here is that the uh, cost saving compared to GPU instances is about 10% uh, lower compared to the results on the short texts. So here we are, 55% uh, lower compared to P3 and uh, about 30% lower compared to G4s. Uh, I don't present here what is the latency because for the book or news generation, latency is not that relevant compared to the dialogue generation. So for us, this is the beginning of our adventure with Inferentia. And uh, the fact is that we spent quite, quite a while uh, on, on optimizing our solution uh, running on GPUs. Uh, while at this point we are having the initial product version on Inferentia. We are anticipating uh, many improvements to come. Uh, we see a number of them already, uh, including improvement in the pipelining process that was mentioned. Uh, improvements on uh, on memory transfers on reducing memory transfers between the host and uh, inferential chips, and when we anticipate what are the gains from that, uh, we should expect to be about half of the price on uh, compared to G4s, 
And at the same time, we anticipate that the latency will be reduced by 20% compared to P3s. Thank you. So let me go back to Vibaf. Thanks, uh, Adam. All right, that's a wonderful customer story. Thanks. Um, all right, so with that, we conclude the major part of the presentation. Um, I don't think we have. No, no, we have mics, so we can open up for yeah. questions now. If you guys have any question, uh, a mic will magically arrive to you, and we can, we can start the Q&A part. Going once. No, no, Mike first, because we need it, uh, everybody needs to hear. Thank you. Uh, just wondering the time, <laughs> just wondering the timeline for the EKS and ECS support is that coming soon? Yeah, so uh, this, is, this is coming in January 2020. Sounds good. Now, is there a specific uh, uh, use case for uh, the ECS, EKS? Um, that, that you have or? Yeah, so we are planning to move to Kubernetes and uh, we also would like to uh, run on GPLs. So. Okay, okay. Great. Okay, we, we can start with questions to see if you learned, if you remember what we said today. Okay, so if someone wants to ask us a question in private, uh, we, we are here, so thank you everybody. Thanks for coming. Hope you have a Thank you. Thank you.